Welcome to Sermons of Grace with Pastor David Murphy of the Grace Baptist Church in Gambles Terrace, Antigua. Last week in our study of the Book of Romans, Pastor Murphy showed us that the cause for man's turning away from the truths God has given is man's intellectual pride. Today we'll see the course of man's rebellion against God. I would like you to turn to me, please, to the Book of Romans. The book of Romans, I will be reading from verse number 18, but the text that we'll be looking at this morning is verse number 21, the latter part of verse 21, and then verse 22. That's the two things we'll be looking at uh, this morning. But let's read from verse number 18. Uh, Paul writes in verse 18, He says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold, not hold, who hold down the truth. That's what it should be in unrighteousness. They suppress the truth. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse because that when they knew God they glorified him not as God neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations And their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. At the root of all infidelity, at the root of all agnosticism, at the root of all atheism, at the root of all uh, idolatry, is this matter of intellectual pride. And that is why you find that Paul in the epistles warns again and again that even the Christian got to be careful that this matter of intellectual pride doesn't cause him to overstep the boundaries. Two interesting verses. Look at Corinthians chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and look at verse number 3. In verse 2, Paul says, For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But notice verse 3. But I fear lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety so your mind shall be corrupted from what? The simplicity of Christ. In other words, You've got false teachers telling you that you need more than Christ. Yeah, you need Christ, but you need, in addition to Christ, you need the law. You need Judaism. And Paul said, I am so fearful of you that the devil will trick you just like he tricked Eve, that you'll move away from this. Now, what was the commandment? If you eat, you're going to what? Die. Man, that's too simple to hold you down. You need a little commandment that I hold you down. A big man like you, a little commandment. You can die. You let that. What's death in any case? You ever saw it? 
you're dealing with a smart person. One called Lucifer, the serpent. And he knows that one of the fundamental problems with man is this matter of intellectual pride. And so Paul says, when man went away from God, the reason why they did professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Claiming that they were the intellectuals. They were the smart people. They were the intelligentsia. They were the pundits. And Paul is explaining to you how it all happened. It all boils down to that word pride. Intellectual pride. It's amazing that a man, a, a being that fell through pride would use pride against man. You know why? There was nothing else to bring the devil down. And the main thing that brings a lot of people down today is the same problem of pride. Pride goes before destruction, the Holy Spirit before fall. The devil knew that. And he used it against man. He saw intelligent, superior beings to man thrown down from heaven because of pride. And he used the same weapon against man. And by the way, he's using the same weapon today. Intellectual pride. And then look at another verse quickly. First Timothy chapter 3. And he's giving instructions concerning the appointment of, of pastors. Choosing men for the ministry. And notice what he says in verse number 6. Not a what? A novice. Less being lifted up with what? Pride. He fall into what? Same condemnation of the devil. Even in the selection of pastors. He realizes that a man may go into the ministry because he's intellectually proud. He loves position. He loves name calling. He loves standing before people. He loves being in control. His motive is not serving the Lord. His motive is self-elevation. And Paul warns. Not that person should not be a novice. Watch him. Watch his life. He should have some kind of experience. Before you lay your hand on him and put him into the ministry. Observe him. And watch in particular. Is he a proud person? Does he have a big ego? Is he intellectually puffed up? Then Paul says he's not for the ministry. Keep him on. Keep him on. So it's pride. Professing themselves to be wise, Paul says, they became fools. Now that brings me to the next question. So that is the cause of it. The cause of man going away from God, intellectual pride. But what about the course? How, how did man come to the point of intellectual pride? What, what, what course did he take? What, 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 uh, what are the stages that he went through? How did it happen? That he allowed pride, intellectual pride, moving away from God, professing himself to be wise. Verse 21, see, explains the process. It says, they became what? Verse 21, see, they became vain in their what? Imaginations. The Apostle Paul is now charting to you the course by which this intellectual pride that caused man to move away came about. It came about... Paul says, because of man's vain imaginations. What that really means is man's false reasonings. Now let's, let's break down that word for just a moment. Take the word vain for just a moment. 
In the Greek language, the word is mateo. And that word mateo means empty. It means foolish. It means futile. It means that which is void of results. So what Paul is saying that man in his, in his, in his uh, imagination, Paul is saying, he, he started thinking empty thoughts. He started thinking foolish thoughts. He started thinking futile thoughts. He started thinking of thoughts that led to no results. Now what does the word imagination mean? In the Greek language the word is dialogesmos. Like the word dialogue. And it means reasonings. It means speculations. It means thinking of a man dialoguing with himself. So what Paul is, is really saying here is, man turned to intellectual pride by a process of his hypotheses and surmisings and his theorizings and his reasoning. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. He dialogued with himself. So here's it. Man starting with himself. Using his fallen mind to understand the universe apart from God's revelation. That's what Paul is saying. So it ended to be foolish because the mind Paul is showing you is darkened. So here's man sitting down and saying, well, I, I don't believe that. I don't want to believe that. Besides, if I was a moral God, I'm accountable to that God. He hinders my freedom and my liberty. He's an impediment to how I want to live, so i got to put God out. Get rid of God and I can live how I please. If this God is who he is, it means I gotta worship him, I gotta adore him, I gotta give him thanks. I got time for that. I could be making money all the time I praise in God. I could be running around with women all the time I praise in God. Hey, I don't need that kind. I don't need an impediment in my way. I gotta get rid of God. So I begin to reason now. I move away from what Revelation tells me and I begin to reason. The problem is I begin to reason and I became vain and empty and futile in my imagination. And it, my imagination leads me to that which does not end in results. You see how intellectual pride comes? A man becomes intellectually proud as he begins to use his own puny little mind to try to reason out the universe and ultimate reality. Starting with himself, you know. He's trying to figure out what is. So Paul's argument here is that man, rather than accepting God's revelation, became a philosopher. See that modern word? Philosopher. That's what philosophy is. Philosophy is human speculation. It's human reasoning. It is man starting in himself and trying to understand what is apart from revelation. That is what philosophy is. So the Apostle Paul is saying that instead of accepting the revelation that God had given, man began to speculate, man began to surmise and conjecturize and uh, speculate and come up with all different type of hypotheses. And you know why he does that? Because he will not bow and kowtow to the revelation that God has given to us. He becomes a philosopher. I like what Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, and he said it so perceptively. Let me, let me quote what he said. I quote. He said, the whole drift towards apostasy, going away from God, 
that has blighted the church of God and nearly destroyed the living gospel may be traced to an hour when men began to turn from revelation to philosophy. Well said. Well said. And you know what has happened today with the church? You know why there's so much infiltration of falsehood into the church? Psychic phenomenon, psychology, sociology, anthropology, all of these things that have come into the church. You know why it's happened? Listen to what John MacArthur said. And I want to quote again. He said, many Christians try to adopt God's revelation to man's speculations. Intimidated by the ever-changing and unreliable conflicting theories of psychology, sociology, and anthropology, they foolishly modify and exchange the truth of God's revelation about man in favor of man's absurd conjectures about himself. Well said. But John MacArthur is warning us something here that what happened then is now happening in the church. And it's happening in church because what has crept into the church is man's false theories. And you know why it's crept into the church? Because we go off to university. The professors are atheists to a great extent. They imbibe everything they're told. You sit down there for four years and all you're being taught really is completely atheistic teaching. Nothing relevant as far as the Bible. You don't even sieve it through your mind. You just accept because you want to pass the grade. And then you come back out. You come into the church. And guess what? It comes into the church. It is still the same way today. These theories that are so far. Now, I want to say to you that the reason why psychology is false, sociology is false, and anthropology modern is false. Let me give you the reasons why. Let me tell you very, very clearly now. Because they're based on a false anthropology. Did you hear what I tell you? Their belief about man is completely wrong. Completely wrong. So if you're wrong about man, you can't deal with the problem of man. Now let me, let me, let me deal with that. They're wrong about the origin of man. Number two, they're wrong about the nature of man. They say that man doesn't have a spirit or soul. He's just an animal. He, when he died, that's the end of it. So they're wrong about his origin. They're wrong about his nature. They're wrong about the motivation of what motivates a man. The Bible says what motivates a man is his lusts, his desires. You ever find that in a psychology book? It's always something done to you in the past that's now affecting you now. It's not about your drives within the, the lust that you have. Fourthly, they're wrong about the problem with man. The problem with man is not his environment. The problem with man is not his path. The problem is that man is a sinner. Did you hear what I said? Man is a sinner. And because man is what he does. Don't give him reasons and excuses. Number five, they're wrong about the purpose of man. Ask any one of them in school, what's the purpose of man? Ask your psychology teacher, ask your sociologist teacher, ask your anthrop teacher, anthropologist, ask what the purpose is. I don't know. As far as we know, man has no purpose. So how can they help me? How can they help you? They don't know where I came from. They don't know my nature. They don't know what the problem is with me. It's wrong. And then, 
They don't know anything about the destiny of man. Ask them where man is going. All of them just say, man dead and that's it. He's going into oblivion. He's going into nothingness. There's nothing. Man is nothing. He's just dead and dead. So let me ask you a question. If you're wrong on those six fundamental issues, what do you have to teach me? You tell me what you have to teach me. Listen, any system of thought must answer four cardinal questions that every man had. Number one, who is man? Number two, how did he get here? Number three, why is he here? And number four, where is he going? If they can answer the fourth question, they're not worth listening to. Now, there are only two sources to those questions, you know. You don't realize that? The only two sources. There is revelation and there is human speculation. There's no other two sources. So you either turn to what God said in his word to explain those four things or you turn to human speculation. Now let us answer those four questions and see how modern science, modern psychology, modern anthropology, how they answer the question. Number one, who is man? Question. Let's look at it. What does the Bible say man is? The Bible said that man is a special creation of a what? A personal God. Right or wrong? Yes. I repeat, a special creation of a personal God. Ask the scientists, what is man? Man is an accidental product of non-personal evolutionary forces. Every one of them tell you that. Which is right. Which makes a difference? If I am the personal, create the special creator of personal God, does that not make me feel special? But if I'm the product of non-personal evolutionary forces, so how can I relate to non-personal evolutionary forces? What does that mean? It does make a difference, but you turn to for truth. Let's ask the other question. How did man get here? What does God say? Man got here by the creative will of a personal God. God willingly put man here. Ask the scientists how did man get for Fortuitous chance. Some chemicals were somewhere in some soup pond somewhere. And then the lightning flash. And they brought these chemicals together. And then it stayed there for a while and then suddenly it becomes like an amoeba and suddenly feet develop on it and it, it crawl up on, on the thing and so on and so forth. And then, yeah. that's where you come from? You believe that? Let's ask the third question. Why is man here? The Bible's answer that you're here to glorify God and enjoy him forever. What does the science say? There is no purpose that we know to human existence. We just happen to be here, but we don't know why we're here. And then there's the last one. Now this one, as I get older, this, this is the one that, I, that comforts me most. Where am I going? My clock is running down, fellas. I'm 62. And every single day, my clock is running down. I listened to the brother this morning give his testimony. 
you know, I've been, I must tell you, Brother Edwards, I've been feeling pretty good about myself. And when I say pretty good about myself, I mean, I, I, I am saying, I, I hear people got, men at my age got urinary problems, they got, I say, I have a problem. No, you're telling me you didn't have a problem, then suddenly one day, bam! And I'm saying, but wait a minute, wait a minute. You may think you're okay, but you may not be okay. I had one prostate test in my life that's a year and a half ago. So for me, as I get older, I want to, where am I going, sir? What, what happens when this body decays? And, and I, what happens? Where, where do I go? Scientists say that you're going to nothingness. The Bible says you're going one or two places, sir. If you are a believer in Christ, the Bible says you're going to be out of the body. You're going to heaven. If you reject Christ, you're going to hell. So don't leave this place saying you don't know where you're going. You know where you're going. Now let me ask you a question. Does it make any difference whether a person is a humanistic secularist or he is a biblical Christian? Does it make any difference? And I will ask you to do one thing. You are here this morning and you might be a skeptic about this whole thing of religion. But let me suggest to you to do something to prove the test. See? Look for some genuine Christians. I'm using that term very clearly. Look for some genuine Christians. Observe their life. Okay? Look for the pagans in society. The people that live without God. Observe their life. Now tell me. Tell me. Does it not make a difference? Of course it does. Christians don't rape. Christians don't on drugs. Christians don't get involved in prostitution. Christians don't get involved in pornography. I hear I know you're going to stop on that one though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know it's coming there. Yeah. That's why I use the word genuine. Very careful to use that word. The point I'm making here that when you look at the lifestyle of the one who embraces the philosophy of modernism, the philosophy of atheism, the philosophy of evolution, when you look at how they live and compare that how the Christian who embrace Christ and live for Christ, listen, they're miles apart. Does make a difference. And you know why I'm saying that? Because the Western world is now facing chaos and they don't know what happened. Why does happen? Why does I can tell you why when you tell a man he's just an amoeba, he ain't made in the image of God, he has no purpose here, there's no meaning to his life, he's just here by chance. How are you expecting to live? Well, if I believe that, let me tell you how I would live. I got one time to have a fling, I have a big fling. That's how I would live. If I'm, but Chris, if there's nothing after this life at all, no, I, I, there's nothing, how do you think I would live? Enjoy it while I'm down here. Boy, I'd be a bully. And I'd be a Don one. But you know what put checks on my life? Because I do believe in meaning. I do know there's a God. And I do know that we're going somewhere. And those things check my life. And I hope it checks yours too. Now I want to come to one last thing. We looked at the cause of man's infidelity to God and turning away from God. We looked at the course by which this happened. Vain reasoning. Speculation. Surmisings. Hypotheses, empty thoughts, 
Now the next question is this. What are the consequences of a result of man because of his intellectual pride and his vain reasonings turning away from what are the consequences of that? And that's why I started at verse 22 because I'm coming back up verse 21. Look at what Paul said in verse 21. Romans 1, 21, the last part of the verse. He says, because when they knew God, they glorified they were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And what happened as a result? Huh? The foolish heart were darkened. This is the consequence of moving away from God. In other words, what Paul is, is here telling us now, their intellectual pride led them to speculation. This speculation led them away from God. Now when you go away from God who is light, you end up in what? You can't go away from God who is light and not end up in darkness. There are consequences to moving away from God. And that's what Paul is saying. The consequence of all of this now is that man is in a state of total darkness. I believe that this is a very important statement that Paul deals with. He's dealing with the consequences of this matter. Now again, stay with me for just a moment. We're coming to a close. Notice the sequence of man's rebellion. Number one, he had a clear knowledge of God. God showed it to them. It was clear to them. Number two, what happened? There came a point where they resisted because of their intellectual pride. Number three, it led them to vain speculations. And then Paul says, something happened. You know what happened? The light went out. The light went out. He became darkened. You know what theologians call this? Theologians call this judicial blinding. That when man turns away from God in rebellion, God actively, judicially blinds man so he, he can't believe. By the way, that is coming again. You remember the Bible said, and God shall send them what? Strong what? Delusion that they do what? Believe a lie because they will not accept the truth. That day is coming again when God will judicially blind man. Now is the opportunity. If a man refuses Christ now, when the church is raptured and the tribulation begins, even if you want to believe, sir, you can't because God judicially blinds you. He sends delusion that you believe the lie. Why? Because you refuse to accept the truth down here. Darkness. You know, men have been told that if they turn away from God and they reject God, they'll become more enlightened. They're told that they become more free and more satisfied and more liberated. That's the theory. That's why you don't need God. You know, you get away from God, you become much more enlightened, more free, more liberty. The Bible says, in fact, you become more darkened. But here's the problem. You see, the man who have allowed his intellectual pride to let him into this, this, this pathway of false reasoning, he can't see that. He can't see it. So he really believes he becomes more enlightened. He really believes he's more free. He's more liberated. And that same man doesn't even realize he's a slave to his sins and to his habits. But yet he claims he's free. He's smart. He's a fool and he doesn't know he's a fool. He's an ignoramus and claim that he's brilliant. And Paul is talking here that this is exactly what happened. Men become darkened. And men become empty when they go away from God.
And could I say something to you? The emptiness that a man has when he goes away from God is an emptiness that does not remain long in that condition of emptiness. You know why? Because man is like a, a vacuum. When there's emptiness in a man and he goes away from God, he has to fill it with something. Now, that's the next sermon. When a man goes away from God, what does he fill it with? And Paul will tell you what he fills it with. I will tell you next week. There are two things that men fill his life with, basically, when they go away from God. But I don't want to deal with that matter. I want to talk about this whole matter of man became dark and the consequence. First of all, what does it mean when it says uh, in this verse, verse 21, their foolish hearts. What does it mean by the heart? That little thing that pumps in your chest, that became darkened. Now, what, what the Bible teaches about heart, the scripture teaches about heart, the heart is the center of your personality. It's the central citizen of a human being. It's the control center. It is the, it is the, the, the area that, that dictates and controls everything. The Bible calls it the mind. And so Paul is saying that when a man goes away from God, as a consequence of his intellectual pride and foolish reasoning, Paul says, his mind becomes darkened, his understanding becomes darkened, his control center, the place that should, should to guide him and, and teach him what is right and help him to discriminate, that all becomes darkened. But then when you come to pass like this, you begin to understand why intelligent, smart, well-trained people can come to those conclusions that don't make any sense to you. The understanding is darkened. They have discrimination at a certain level, but there is a the spiritual level they can't see. The moral level is almost oblivious to them. I don't know, but I, I am wondering sometimes if I should watch the TV anymore. I'm serious. I get upset when I see things that are so obvious. So obvious. See? Get mad. So obvious. Where's justice? And then the word darkened. The word darkened here means destitute of spiritual understanding. It means to be completely incapable of insight into divine truth. It, the Bible calls it spiritual darkness. Lacking discrimination when it comes to spiritual knowledge and spiritual understanding. And by the way, this is a concept that Paul is so fond of repeating again and again. And perhaps the most forceful way he puts it is in Ephesians chapter 4 verse, chapter four, verse 17. Turn there for just a minute. Same, same argument Paul has, but he does it more forcefully in Ephesians chapter 4. Look at it for just a moment. I'm coming to a close. Look at verse 17. This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the what? The vanity of their minds. Notice the next verse. Having what? The understanding what? Darkened. Why are they darkened? Being alienated from the life of God through what? The ignorance that's in them, in them. Because of what? The blindness of their heart. You can't put it in better terms. And then Paul says it again in Ephesians 5, 8. When he says to the believers, And ye were what? Sometimes what? Darkness. But now are ye light in the Lord. See? Something happened to us. The light came on. The unsaved man turned off the light when he went away from God. He moved away from God, and to move away from God is light, so therefore he becomes darkened. 
the Christian turns to the light and that light floods his soul. That is why we have an understanding. Let me put it this way. I, I, I don't want to say this to make you think that. Look, you know the Bible says that we will judge angels. Did you know that? Yes. I will tell you something that might shock you. Now, I'm not a proud person. But I, well, I can't say that. Everybody got a little bit of pride. <laughs> I literally believe that I can hear a case going on. I am in a better position to judge that morally and spiritually than even the lawyer. Believe that with all my heart. Believe that with all my heart. Because you know what law is about? Law is not about right and wrong. It's about procedure. It's procedural law. It's not about what is right and what is moral. You know, for me, if a man kill a man and he murdered a man, he ought to be hung. But you know, a lawyer can know that he killed a man, murdered a man, and still he get off because the way he went about getting the evidence is, is unlawful. Man gets free. That makes sense to you? But that's the way it is. That's the system we have. So there was revelation. This pride that became a bar to that revelation. That led to human speculation. That we re rejected God's truth. And that brought man to the place of darkness. Now, could I just show you one or two verses? And then we'll be off of what that means. For man today. Look with me at 1st Corinthians chapter 2 and look at verse 8. Verse 7 says, but we speak wisdom, the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto what? Glory. But notice the next verse, which none of the princes of this world knew for had they known it, they would not have what? crucified the Lord. Jesus stood before them and all they saw was a carpenter. That's all, a Jewish carpenter. They had seen nothing beyond the fact that he was a carpenter. Even though throughout his life, he did miracles. Open the blind's eyes, make the, the dumb speak, make people walk, raise the dead. I mean, he's just a carpenter. That's all you see. But what Paul is pointing out here, that not even the princes, the leaders of this world understood who Jesus was. See? Had they known, Paul said, they would not have crucified him. That is what darkened understanding does. It makes you so that you... Look, if a person... Would, truth could come before a person that is not a Christian. And say, my name is Truth. And they don't even know it's Truth. Serious. They are blind. Blind to truth. Look, you are sitting here this morning. I believe that you know what I'm saying is truth. But you know, you're going to leave this place this morning. As though you didn't hear nothing. Sir, madam... I've got one word for you. You're blind. You can't see. see. You hear but don't hear. You see but don't see. It is called judicial blindness. Look at same passage. Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. He says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They are what? Foolish. Neither can he know them. Listen to me. The unsaved man can never grasp the truth unless the Holy Spirit shines light in his heart. God must take the initiative and shine light in a man's heart. If God doesn't show light in a man, that man could never believe. Never believe. Why? He's in darkness. He's in darkness. 
two other verses and then I come to close. Look at first, look at John, the Gospel of John chapter 1. Verse 9 says, That was the true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So Jesus came as light. He was in the world. And the world was made by him. And the world what? Knew him not. Can you imagine that? The creator comes down on planet earth. And the creature don't even know who the creator is. But even worse than that. Read the next verse. He came unto his what? His own and their what? His own receipt. Not even a Jew. Could see him. But notice the next verse. But as many as receive him, to them gave he power to what? Become the sons of God. This is when the light comes, sir. That's when the light. When you're about to yield to the Lord, the light comes in. Then you're able to grasp the truth. Look, the book of Romans is as relevant today as it was back then. It explains why we are, where we are, how we got here. See? But the next thing is this. All right, pastor, that's true. Now, what is the result of that? How, how, what does man turn to now when he turns away from God? We'll pick that up next time. And uh, it would be to your discovery, once again, that man hasn't changed. The same things that they turn to then, the same things we're turning towards now. You know why? It's the same empty, the same void. Well, Pastor Murphy, this is a dismal picture you just painted. Sir, I didn't tell you the whole story. There's hope. If you're in darkness, you need light. And could I tell you that Jesus Christ is the light of the world? He said that he that followeth me shall never walk in darkness. And she, but she had the what? The light of life. See? So don't be dismayed this morning at this dark, dry picture of you. I cannot leave without telling you the hope is in Christ and in Christ alone. Trust him. Be sure you join us again next time here on Sermons of Grace as Pastor Murphy shows us that the first result of man turning away from God into darkness is idolatry. If you'd like to contact Pastor David Murphy or Grace Baptist Church, please call 268 462 4230 or visit during one of their service times. Sunday school is at 9 a.m., Sunday morning at 10 a.m., Sunday evening at 7 p.m., or Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Grace Baptist Church is located on Rowan Henry Street in Gambles Terrace, Antigua.